Hello world. Welcome to myself, Max McGillivray from Beanstalk Global. We are live today with the fantastic Leanne Jones from the PMA. Leanne, say hello to everyone. Hi everyone, we're back. <laughs> We've had a slight hiatus, but we're, we're back in town <laughs> and we're talking about an amazing fruit and let's see if we've got all of our exports uh, all, all uh, set up and ready ready for this um everyone after three what is the most amazing fruit in the world one two three dragon fruit, dragon fruit. i think i think we need we're going to go for this one more time after three what's the most amazing fruit in the world one two three dragon, dragon fruit. fruit this is working well and also more importantly where what country in the world grows the best dragon fruit so after three what country in the world grows the best dragon fruit one two three South South Africa. 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 yeah we got there <laughs> fantastic that, that that worked really well so come on leanne let's um firstly introduce the, the pma and pma southern africa um to those that might not uh, know so could you tell us all about the pma please leanne Supermax. So um, the PMA is a, a association that represents all of our members globally, um, covering every part of the supply chain in the fresh produce industry. So we have members from seed producers right all the way up to, to retailers. Um, the PMA's mission really is to connect our members together to each other and to business opportunities and support them through lots of research um, and information across different pillars, such as sustainability, produce safety, ag tech, marketing. Um, and really, we, we're there to help our members grow and flourish. And that's what we do. Um, and I, I forget, forget Leanne, we've been uh, running these broadcasts now for eight months, 12 months. And we, we've covered yeah, we... av avocados, citrus, palm fruit, we've got kiwi fruits um, next week, dragon fruit. Yes. This is going to be um, a fascinating conversation, especially with the, with the experts, Leanne, that you've garnered for us all. Absolutely. It's, it's a crop that's, that's about to boom. Um, there's been some very exciting developments in Southern Africa where um, the growers, I think 40 odd, have come together and actually started to form an association um, to, to put themselves on the map and grow the industry. Um, I'm not the expert. As you can see, we've got lots of experts um, on the, the broadcast with us today, but it's unique for South Africa and our growers grow unique varieties that bring a completely different flavor profile into the market. And of course, all of our growers in Southern Africa are experts in export. So you're going to get the Absolutely. same great fruit as you do from our grapes and our citrus and our and, and, apples and, we... and our avocados and our plums and our peaches. Oh, well, let, let, <laughs> Leanne, Leanne, the bit I always love is the, is the, is the amazing volumes that in an average year, um, all of you are exporting something in the region of four and a half million tonnes of amazing fresh produce. Um, and internally, you're serving your wholesale markets to the tune of three and a half million tonnes of fresh, fresh produce. It's just such a, a phenomenal amount. And, and even more so that we're not talking about iron ore or grain. We're talking about amazing hand-picked, hand-grown uh, fresh produce. But let, let's, let's just look at the subject of, um, of dragon fruit. And if it's OK, I just want to give a bit of um, um, a background, especially for those on the podcast. We're live on YouTube. We're, we're live on uh, Facebook live on LinkedIn but just for those um, on the podcast just so they could get an understanding because I, I learned a lot from, from the research that we, we've done on the subject. So dragon fruit is a very large mostly red-skinned scaly fruit produced by a fast-growing trailing cactus. Dragon fruit farming is a relatively young industry in South Africa. Local dragon fruit farms show huge potential to deliver substantial amounts of fruit to northern hemisphere markets. The Southern African dragon fruit industry is mainly based on the red skin varieties, with the pink flesh fruit being the most popular. 
Dragon fruits prefers a warm subtropical climate and is successfully grown in areas where avocados and macadamia nuts are cultivated and is harvested from around December to January and April to, to May. So come on, let, let's get in and uh, do a deep dive and find out who we've got in, in the way of our experts. So in no particular order. CT, can you introduce yourself and uh, who you represent, please? Hi, Max. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is CT van der Merwe. I'm the CEO of Albri, and uh, we are a farming company that specializes in the production of uh, potatoes, onions, butternuts, and uh, recently now for four years, uh, dragon fruit as well. And uh, we are located in five different areas across South Africa and uh, three different provinces. Wow, that's going to be fascinating to ask you late, later, CT, and also the, um, the, the others as to why you got into, into the dragon fruit. It's going to be fascinating, but let, let's leave that for a little bit later. Uh, Michael, who are you, please, and who are you representing? Michael, just turn on your ears, please. We love that. We love that comment, Thank don't we, Michael? Thank you. Go, go Michael. Thank you. I'm also a farmer um, representing a group. It's like a family setup, Miller Family Boutre Trust. And uh, we actually have a quarter of farmers and also got into uh, dragon fruit about three years ago, three, four years ago. Yeah, right. Together with Amarincha Sweet Dragon Fruits, it's like a, a company that wanted to promote the production of dragon fruit in uh, South Africa. And they, they did some interesting work. But anyway, later on, Fantastic. we'll talk more about that. Mike, Michael, thank, thank you. Fred, over to you, please. Who are you and who are you representing? Thank you, Max. Um... We are a family farm in the Lowveld of South Africa, um, quite north up, close to Nelspruit. Uh, we started with dragon fruit farming about seven years ago, and um, I've been elected chairman of the newly formed association. And um, yeah, thank you for having us on your broadcast, and um, we are looking forward to having a great conversation with you. Fantastic, Fred, and congratulations on being made made the chair of uh, of this. Uh, fascinating uh, fruit fruit subject. Uh, Lauren, over to you. Who are you and who are you representing? Um, hi, Max. Thanks so much for having me. So um, I work alongside my, my father also on our family farm. We are just outside of Zanin, which is in Limpopo, oh, yeah. uh, very close to where Michael Muller um, farms his avocados and dragon fruit. And we got into the dragon fruit industry about five or six years ago um, from a, a sort of passionate about different exotic new plants perspective. We don't really grow them um, hugely commercially. We are uh, developed as, as, as a farm, but we have a nursery. So we propagate a variety of subtropical tree nut crops, uh, uh, tree crops, as in macadamias and avocados, and then more recently, um, the dragon fruits. Uh, Lauren, thank you very, very much. So, so, so again, it's fascinating that all of you are very astute um, growers, marketers, exporters of, of your products. So it's fascinating that um, you, you've allowed entry of this, this new product in, whether, you, whether it be three years ago or, or seven years ago. I, th I think what we need to have a bit of an understanding of is, uh, is dragon fruit and on a bit more of an expert perspective. What we need is an expert. Jason, you are the expert on dragon fruit. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and then can we do a deep dive um, as to dragon fruit and how it came about to, to the, the, the growing the production of, um, of it in South Africa, please, Jason, over to you. Okay, uh, my name is Jason Sampson. I work for the University of Pretoria. Um, I got into dragon fruit also about five years ago when I was looking for a research topic. And uh, yeah, I've pretty much just run with it ever since then. 
Right, so, so, so you, are you the man? Are you the man to blame for, for this increased production of uh, dragon fruit in South Africa? Then, Jason, you 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 sowed this uh, you've sowed the seed, the magic dust with the with everyone else on this call. Uh, no, I I I I don't think I can take the blame. I think uh, we all independently discovered dragon fruit on our own and uh, drifted together naturally. You know, uh, shared interests, um, shared passions, and the ability to help one another out. Yeah, as is always the way in South Africa, isn't it? It's all, all about um, collaboration. I, I remember some 10 years ago, I'm um, speaking to a commercial director of a big fruit importation business in the UK. And he was very excited because he stated, so this is about 10 years ago, that there was 30 to 40 um, exotic fruit varieties out there that had the potential to come to, to market. Jason, I just need to lean on you again. How long has dragon fruit been, been around as a, as, a, as a commercial crop? Um, wh where is it today and where do you think it's going to be in the future in terms of production and, and economically? Will it be on par with grapes and citrus and palm fruit, do, do you think, Jason? Well, that's a very long story that you're asking me to condense into a very short uh, <laughs> uh, 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 um, introduction. But uh, dragon fruit has, uh, 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 it comes from South and Central America, where, of course, it's been used as a food plant for thousands of years. Um, it was introduced into the East, um, Vietnam, Thailand, and so forth by the French about 100 years ago, where it's been farmed since then. Um, the modern varieties and the improved varieties um, date back to the 1990s um, Israeli and American breeding efforts. So it's a very young um, fruit on the world market, as it were. Yeah. Um, so it's been locally important, but now um, uh, with uh, with testing of its of of its health benefits, it's been declared a superfood. There's there's a lot of uh, uh, trendiness behind the name and the brand. Um, so it is going to explode into the world scene. It's a lot. It's and uh, um, it's got a huge amount of potential to 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 take on the more favourite fruits. That's, that's fascinating. It, um, there's a lot of food companies in the UK and, and globally that employ um, large teams of MPD, new product development people. Um, and it's, it's, it's uh, fascinating with, uh, with fresh produce that uh, you don't need MPD teams. You've just got to look out for uh, fruits like this and, and look to um, uh, uh, see if you can exploit them further for, uh, for, for further, further commercial gain. So let, let's go to the, the, the growers and just get an understanding as to why um, they, they've looked to get into the sector of dragon fruit. Lauren, let's start with you. What, what, what was the catalyst for, for yourselves, for you and your father to get into dragon fruit, please? As I mentioned, there, there, there's just a, a passion for, for, for fruits and for, for growing plants in general. And we came across these really delicious tasting cultivars. And um, it was very much my father's brainchild and, and something that I've um, started working more closely with only in the last sort of three years. Um, but I mean, just look at that fruit. It's, it's so exotic. It is so marketable. It is so vibrant. Um, and it's exciting and enticing. And, you know, it's, it's a dream in the nursery because it's, um, it's not difficult to propagate. And it was something that was explored as brand new, exotic. We, we, we caught a glimpse of the potential because of the vibrant new flavors that, and tastes and sweetness in, in the varieties that are available. Okay. And, and do, do, you think this, do you think the potential is uncapped? That, 
So, I, so as an example, I haven't seen any influencers yet uh, looking to, to to adopt the product um, to to promote. Do you, um, as uh, Jason sort of intimated, do you think there's a huge potential, uh, Lauren, for this uh, for this product on a global basis? Absolutely, I really, really do because, it, like I said, it's so marketable. Look at the color of it. You cut that open and look at the color inside. It's versatile. You can eat it fresh. You can juice it. You can um, beneficiate. You know, use it to beneficiate other products. It, it, it's just it's endless what what can be done with dragon fruits, and um, it's something exciting for the consumer. And it's something that they're really starting to consider to add to their shopping baskets. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I often think about blueberries. In, in, in this country and, and not that many years ago you didn't often yeah. find people putting blueberries in their shopping basket it was marketed in such a, a way that it is now it's for many people a staple yeah yeah so that's going to be fascinating that my, my kids devour uh, uh, blueberries it's going to be interesting in uh, a couple of years time is to see hopefully whether, whether they're doing the same with dragon fruit and lauren i was saying about what we need as an influencer i think you're the influencer i think you're the south african influencer on, uh, on dragon fruit um ct ct yeah, um, over to you why why did you look to get uh, involved with uh, with dragon fruit have, have you just taken a as we say in the uk a punt on it to see if, see if it works or are you, are you are you rifled into the fact that this will be a success long-term ongoing? Actually, we were looking for something, to, uh, the fruit that we can uh, export. And uh, we looked at, at a couple of options. And uh, I think just to elaborate on what Lauren just said now, if you look at dragon fruit, I think the, the, the sad thing about dragon fruit is uh, very few people know about it. And those that do know about it just know the, the varieties that do not really taste well. So uh, the experience isn't very well uh, for most consumers, but uh, it's, it's an unbelievably healthy fruit. It's uh, very tasty. And, and, and uh, it's, it's, uh, I always say it's an Instagrammable fruit. You know, it's just something. Excellent. The ladies love it on Instagram. It's a beautiful fruit with uh, excellent colors. So uh, I, I personally think the if you look at something like a kiwi fruit or like Lauren just mentioned with the blueberries, I think the kiwi fruit uh, market cap is at about uh, seven point nine billion US dollars. Uh, I think that's uh, very easy to get to that volumes on on uh, dragon fruit if you get the right influences and uh, if you can educate the consumers regarding the benefits. CT, uh, well, well said. Uh, I said about uh, Lauren being an influencer. Um, it's interesting to say about Instagram. It feels like we need a male model as well, a South African male model to promote this fruit. So we've got CT, we've got you, we've, we've also got uh, Michael, who will come on to in a minute. In a minute. Jason, you've you got a point that you want to make. Yeah, uh, you know, I just wanted to add to what CT was saying. You know, uh, 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 people, people underestimate the value of something that's actually a superfood. Now, the reason why dragon fruit have been declared a superfood, there's still ongoing research onto the health benefits that dragon fruit give you. But I mean, I've just I've just read a couple of papers um, that were published in Nature this year, 2021, on anti-cancer effects of eating dragon fruit, particularly um, anti-colon cancer. It seems to have wow. anti-diabetic effects. Um, liver protection effects, um, et cetera. And, and a lot of those effects are actually related to some of the, the compounds that give the colored fruit such a vibrant color. Um, 
so so it's just a real pity that the fruit is not actually in season in South Africa yet. Otherwise, we could have shown you some uh, some uh, gorgeous images. Um, you know, the 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 uh, even even the white fleshed fruit is a, a lovely ice white with pitch black seeds. Yeah. But then you get the reds and the pinks and the the, the magentas. Those purples are a, are a color that is very difficult to describe. It's, it's almost like an, a, an electric beetroot color yeah. Uh, yeah. that makes any sense whatsoever. And, okay. and, and the, those purples are color fast as well. My lab coat has got five-year-old stains from those purples. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and Jason, this is, what I've learned already is um, uh, because it's a super fruit, a super food, if we, one thing that we picked up in the UK that over the whole pandemic thing, we've had a billion pounds worth of additional fresh produce sales because people have been scratch cooking at home. They want to eat more healthily. And for dragon fruit to be promoted as a, as a super fruit, as a super food, um, that, that's, that's, that's great. And also naming wise, um, just for kids, what, what a fantastic name. Uh, what do you, what, what's in your lunchbox? Dragon fruit. What's that? Let's have, have a look. So it's a bit like Pink Lady Apples is a, is, a, is a great name, but I would actually say the name Dragon Fruit is even more enticing. It's a, it's a marketeer's dream. So we, we've got to go over to our, our, our other male model for um, for, for Dragon Fruit. Uh, Michael, come on, I'm going to set you up for this one. Why did you get involved with, uh, with Dragon Fruit, please? Well, we as farmers, we're also looking for something different, additional uh, complementary to avocados. And um, so we had a section of avocados that wasn't doing too well. And, and actually friends, as Laura mentioned, her father mentioned to us, well, why did you attempt this type of product? Because it's quite uh, hardy. It can withstand quite a, a variation of circumstances and conditions. So he introduced it to us as a proposition. And uh, we looked at it and it, 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 it's working fine for us uh, so far. As a matter of fact, um, Here I quickly sent someone, we have some something from last last season. And I'm still in the refrigerator. <laughs> so if yeah. you want to taste the bite here, I have some for you. <laughs> Excellent. And, and uh, as Jason said, it's the colors as well. So we, we've got a great, great name. We've got the health benefits. We, we've also got the colors. I think what we, we also need now is that it's an association, a trade association to, to take all, all of this and, and, and make, make some, some fantastic um, magic dust out of it. Fred, over to you. Tell us, uh, tell us about um, your new role as the chair of the Southern African Dragon Fruit Association and, and what you hope to achieve with, uh, with the association going forward, please. Yes, obviously it's a very newly formed industry in South Africa and the association um, consists of growers and um, Jason um, is our main advisor for the, for the association and for the board. And um, our, our main goals for the first couple of years will be research that will be on varieties, different varieties for local markets and for export. And then also on management um, of, of these fruits um, in South Africa in different climatic conditions where, where it will be suited and how it will be best managed. And then lastly, marketing, obviously. Um, this is a fruit with great exportability, um, with big export markets that South Africa still needs to tap into. Um, we, have, um, we are farmers ourselves and we have been busy for seven years. Uh, that's a bit longer than most of the other growers. I think the, the industry um, is basically about um, five to 10 years old in South Africa. And um, we have started to export um, to, the, to Europe 
and um, we have done well so far, and especially Great Britain as well. So we are very excited where this can go. And um, yeah, the, the association is basically to get structure, um, to give the industry structure within South Africa, and to get the farmers growing, uh, working together and uh, sharing knowledge and um, obviously helping each other to, to get the standards to where it should be and um, get the practices in line and hopefully create a great export product um, that we can be proud of and that the world um, would like to would like to import and um, hopefully grow that market to where um, South Africa is with other fruits at this stage. Excellent. Well said, Fred. And I presume that um, if there are South African growers, Southern African growers that would like to be involved with the association, that you would be keen for, the, for them to come and, uh, and, and join, join with you. you you'd, like to, you'd like to grow the membership. Yes, definitely. At this stage, um, we are be uh, between 30 and 40 members. And um, I think that that will grow within the next couple of years substantially because there's a lot of interest to plant this crop um, at this stage. Uh, most growers at this stage um, are still doing it experimentally um, and has not, um, has not started commercial production yet. But um, I think as soon as we start um, with getting a few success, success stories out of South Africa and that they see that um, it does work and that we can produce great varieties in South Africa, great taste and quality, um, and more guys will get on board and we can become even stronger in the international market. Excellent. And, and just on that side, in the green room, we, we were talking um, about how the, the likes of Vietnam um, grow uh, a dragon fruit. I'll, I'll just turn the dials down so the, the likes of the, um, the Americans and South America can't hear. But the, the, the likes of the, the Americas, do they also grow dragon fruit or, or, or South Africa in this unique position that because of your uh, topography and, and your climate conditions that, that you've got the potential of growing a great product on, on go. Um, Jason, shall we, as, your, as our resident expert, shall we ask you that? Are there other countries growing dragon fruit who, who might be a bit more advanced than South Africa currently? Well, yes, they are, but uh, 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 one of the great benefits in, of South Africa is that our season is flipped from the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. So we'll okay. we'll be supplying dragon fruit to 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 an out of season market. Okay. Okay. And, and everyone not trying to be over. Um, also, over... it's subtropical. Sorry, I was just about to say it's a subtropical fruit. So we've got a lot of subtropical growing zones. <laughs> Yep. Okay. And, and, and everyone, not trying to be too enthusiastic about, about, about this, but do you think there is this huge uh, potential? Lauren, do, can you see you um, putting more acres, hectares down of this, of this product as, uh, as hopefully the, the, the market grows and um, the likes of Fred and the Trade Association gain you more sales? Lauren, can you see you putting, new, putting more product down, more, more planting ongoing of dragon fruits? That's a great question, Max. So actually our farm, Amarantia Estate, which is in, um, in, in a valley just outside of Zanin, we are actually fully developed um, and, and, and probably a little bit cool to, to grow dragon fruit. But we have definitely started putting our feelers out there to potentially do, to, to partner with, with people who, other growers who might have land available where it's suitable to grow, to grow dragon fruit. Absolutely, yes. 
Okay. And there's an interesting um, element on, on this that we've been having a number of conversations about uh, this week about the margin pressure that's going on within within UK retail, presumably on, on the basis that you can create um, potentially a South African brand for, for dragon fruit and look to export it, you should be able to get um, good margin return, you'd hope. Um, Fred, what's your thoughts on that? Can, can you create this uh, this unique opportunity, so a bit like Pink Lady that can hold a very high margin because of its taste and its branding. Fred, is that something that you believe that you, you can establish for the South African market to create this product, create this brand and create a decent margin return for your growers, Fred? Yes, definitely. I think um, that forms part of a research that the association wants to do now in the next year as well, um, to make sure that we are actually growing the right varieties um, and managing them well so that we can end a, a, a product of great quality um, in the overseas markets. And that will give us um, that premium um, that we can get back on the farm. At this stage, um, it is definitely um, uh, financially uh, viable to grow them. Um, we do get good prices, although to export, um, the prices has gone up. Um, since COVID hit us, um, even if it's by air freight or by sea, um, those prices, we do feel, feel them back on the farm as well. But uh, we do get good prices overseas. And um, if we can continue to um, better ourselves and get the right quality product out there, then definitely I think that um, South Africa can um, not only compete, but actually um, rule that market overseas and we can establish a great brand um, yeah. of dragon fruit and um, it can only it can only grow from here it only can can only get better and and, and Fred I'm, I'm guessing if there's one thing I've learned over 18 months with Leanne doing, doing these broadcasts is, is this magic word collaboration I'm guessing that if there were marketeers or uh, large-scale retailers that can see the potential of dragon fruit to actually encourage the consumer to come into the fresh produce aisles um, that, that you would welcome a hand-on-hand -hand approach with those retailers, those marketeers, so that they can assist you to grow, to market, to bring the product to the likes of the UK and Europe. Would um, Fred, Fred, would you, you and your colleagues be interested in such collaboration conversations, please? Definitely, yes. Um, obviously, um, it's an easier product um, for the consumer to buy in, let's say, Europe, um, where it's a bit more affordable, affordable for them. Even in South Africa, we've seen great growth um, in the local market over the last couple of years. Uh, we have established new, um, new hectares, new lands um, over the last couple of years because the market is growing and we are seeing that even within South Africa, um, we would like to collaborate with anyone uh, within South Africa to grow this even further, but um, also overseas. Um, we have found it, um, that most of the big retailers are um, looking for new products yep. and they are looking for something fresh and new um, and that we are actually um, getting into those markets quite easily and that yep. there is a big need for, for dragon fruit overseas. So um, we'd like to, as an association and as farmers um, on, on this side of the pond, we would like really like to collaborate with anyone looking to expand on um, marketing and on um, producing um, dragon fruit at this stage. And you, you look at the likes of our retailer in the, in the UK, M&S, they want to be in front with innovation. They want to be in front 
uh, in, in terms of uh, quality. And they want to be, uh, coming back to what Jason said earlier, they want to be in front in terms of colour. So if it's okay, we'll, we'll send um, our, our key contacts at M&S on the Fresh Produce side, the, the, the recording of this, because I'm sure they'd be fascinated to, to hear. I've just had a, a, a WhatsApp asking, how easy is it to grow um, this, uh, this product? So, so come on, let's, let's, let's um, um, ask that question. CT, over to you. It is, is dragon fruit, it, it, it's that, it, it sounds too good to be true. It, is it an easy crop to, to grow or is that where the, the, the speed hump is in the, in the sector of, a, of, a, of dragon fruit? Is it an easy crop, crop to grow, CT? Max, I think it's um, well, it's basically like any other crop. It's uh, it's uh, I think you have to farm it um, if you want to do it uh, economically in a viable economical way. You have to you have to farm it. You have to look at your expenses and you need uh, yield and and quality. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's easy. I think there's there's a uh, there's a, a rumor going around that it's an easy and a cheap crop to grow. Uh, it's it's very labor intensive, but um, I think if, if if you can farm in with anything else, you would be able to farm with the dragon fruit. Thank you. That that's uh, reassuring. M Michael, can you can you just describe that the because the, the, I just had another WhatsApp on that basis. Just describe the actual plant. Um, same comparison to macadamia, same comparison to avocado, same comparison to citrus. What, what, what's the actual form? How long does it take um, to, 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 to bear fruit? What's the longevity of the, of the plant? Michael? It, uh, look, there are two ways of propagating it. Obviously, it has, it has its little seeds like the, the kiwi, if you look close by. Yeah, brilliant. And those little black seeds you can plant, but they take about, <laughs> I've planted some with seeds, after five years, they're, they're still very small and will not flower yet. So we'd rather plant it vegetatively, uh, a piece of the cladot, about three to five meter, millimeter long. And it, it shoots, um, after planting the, the cladot or the, the piece of vegetative plant material, um, within two years from then, you might have the first flower on that, that plant. Um, so uh, 24, 24 months, which means uh, you're, you're, you know, it's, it's fairly easy, Siti uh, was referring to it, to establish the plant, very easy. So easy that it can be, uh, it's actually classified in some areas as an as a, um, alien invader. Oh God. Because <laughs> you throw it down and it shoots roots. Wow, okay, <laughs> okay. Okay, and the longevity of this? of the plant have you gotten um I've, I've seen some examples in, in your beautiful south africa of uh, av avocados being 20 30 years years old how, how what's the longevity of a, of a dragon fruit plant please it depends on your circumstance we have avocado trees just referring to avocado briefly planted in 1949 and they're still productive the same with uh, the dragon fruit type plant um as as a cultivar i don't i don't know any one of us that have has enough uh, reference for long enough to know, but they're, 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 that family plants in some areas that have been planted as domesticated just uh, uh, for flowers, and uh, it has covered trees. And uh, they say the grandmother and the grandfather, wow. they, they have planted them. So the longevity, I think, depends on your circumstances. 
Okay, thank you. And, and Lauren, the, the, the seeds themselves, are, are you having to buy them from, from, a, from a seed house? Or was I think you mentioned earlier, are you having to propagate them yourselves? There's obviously a long lead time for the likes of um, avocado plants. How, how does it work um, at, at that base stage with, uh, with dragon fruit, please, Lauren? Um, Max, we haven't propagated them by sowing seeds on a large scale at all. So we propagate, um, as Michal mentioned, we, we basically do rooted cuttings. So we cut pieces of what they call the cladode off and we root them in our nursery bags. You can also root them directly in field, um, but many people prefer to buy it as a fully rooted plant because it's already quite well established. And then also at the time of selecting uh, let's say it's a it's a hectares worth of plants for a customer. We'll we'll do our best to ensure a uniform batch of trees uh, of plants, making sure that they've all got a nice full root system in the bag. Um, whereas if you uh, went and planted all of your own cuttings in between your plants, you you may end up with a little bit of variability. Um, but but that is the way that we we propagate them. Excellent, thank you. Um, Jason, you had a point to make, please. Yeah, um, basically it's this. There's about 14 to 16 species in the genus um, and there's uh, 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 growing this growing them from seed will get you um, uh, precisely nowhere unless you're actually trying to develop new varieties and and hybridizing specifically for flavor or taste um, speed of growth or a desirable a des other desirable characteristics. The um, cultivars that we're discussing and that we're mentioning here that you grow vegetatively um, generally stem from the breeding efforts of, of, of the Californians or the Israelis um, over the last 30 to 40 years. And they've been selected for um, sweetness, flavor, color, um, and other desirable characteristics, which is why it is preferable to grow them from cladodes. And that's why that's what the, and, and that's um, one of the, the spheres of research that we would like to look into is what are the best improved varieties. It's the same thing with a, virtually any other fruit crop. You don't just plant a macadamia nut and hope that it's going to be a good cultivar. You don't, uh, you don't produce some, um, uh, I'm trying to think now of another one, apricots from seed, unless yeah. you're breeding new apricots. Yeah. You know, it's just that it's just that dragon fruit is so easy to propagate from cuttings that you skip a you skip the grafting onto a rootstock stage or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and so, so you're you're confident, Jason, that there's enough research development, there's enough funding, and as there is in other sectors of say citrus and grapes within South Africa, there's, there's enough interest, there's enough funding coming in for dragon fruit to, to look to assist in the varietal development. No, yeah, look, there's a lot of varieties already available overseas, there's already been a lot of research into those varieties. But, uh, you know, when we talk about research, we're talking about Southern African conditions. Yeah. Um, one of the problems that one has in dragon fruit is is because they're easy to propagate, um, people hand them around and you might get a variety under two or three different names, same variety, that's a problem. Um, so, so, so that's one of the things we want to look at. Um, but in terms of development of new varieties in South Africa, that is to my knowledge not started yet. Excellent, understood. Lauren, you, had, you, you wanted to say a word please. 
Yeah, just very quickly to say that we um, essentially, just to echo what Jason was saying, that you, you don't, you'd like any other crop, you, you, you don't grow it from seed. Um, you, you're essentially cloning the genetic um, by doing it as a vegetatively, we call it vegetatively propagated clonal rooted cutting. And then you can also graft them. We've had quite a lot of success grafting them, grafting them in the nursery and in field. Yeah, okay. And uh, just a, a supplementary question there, just, just in, except for the different flesh cultivars, has anyone had success with yellow skin cultivar? Uh, any, anyone? We've got mother stock um, in, in, in the nursery, but we don't have enough yet on a commercial um, scale. Okay. And, and, and uh, CT, Mikhail, um, any, any thoughts on the yellow skin cultivars? Um, yeah, Max, it's definitely not a, uh, as a strong grower as uh, the other varieties that we have. We've uh, done a couple of trials with them, but um, uh, I think the, 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 the great thing about them, they, uh, they, the, the time when they flower and when they produce fruit uh, is, is not the same as the other varieties in many ways. So, um, and that is one of the challenges, uh, challenges that we have with the dragon fruit. We need continuity because you have a flash of fruit and then everybody's excited. They want more fruit. So maybe that's where we can uh, make it work, the yellow skin varieties. Okay, but, it, but, it, but there's a bit of a challenge there. Use my expression again, a bit, bit of a speed hump to, to, to get over. Mikhail, have you, have, you, have you seen the same thing as uh, CT just mentioned? Yes, we haven't actually tried the yellow skin one, but because of the reason that it, it firstly, it's not as flavorous as, as the... The, the darker skin ones and one the, the cultivars that's been handed between producers as Jason mentioned um, but then the, certainly that the section it only starts some people has fruit uh, in December in South Africa and that the last ones is just before the winter South African winter uh, mid, mid April mid to mid May maybe Excellent. so that, that is a bit of a it's an opportunity but it's a challenge Excellent. Uh, it's just a bit of a supplementary question. I've, I've had a WhatsApp in saying, um, can we get your shirts um, on your website for, uh, on a, on, uh, for merchandise? Because we love your shirt. Is your, is your, is your shirt, your workshop for sale? <laughs> no, actually, it, this is actually a, a Maluma shirt. It's actually okay. one of the, the avocado, avocado cultivars. Excellent. <laughs> stick, it up on, stick it up on eBay. You, 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 make, a, you make a fortune. Uh, another question in, how many hectares? How many hectares are currently under production in South Africa? Jason, Jason, so we throw you that one. Jason's eyes look up. Yeah, well that's uh, we, we, yeah, we, we actually we're actually trying to actively figure that out. Okay. You know, um, a lot of people are, are planting one or two trial hectares just to just to just to just to uh, to test the fruit for themselves. So. Um, at our at, at the formation meeting of the association, I, I circulated a questionnaire um, just to find out how many people are, pl are planting up. But um, you know, in 2015, I think the estimates were that there were less than 20 hectares in South Africa. Okay. And and just just from the results of the questionnaire, which had a very which had a limited distribution, um, and has had just under 40 respondents so far. Um, we easily, uh, uh, I think, easily hitting 60 hectares plus, um, and I'm sure it's plenty, plenty more than that. Okay, but, and a supplementary question, uh, yield, what sort of yield do you get per hectare? Jason, are you able to, to answer that or should we, should we uh, pass it over? 
I'd, I'd say but pass it over because it depends on variety and it depends on 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 a number of other factors. Okay. So well, ask ask people their uh, their experiences, Rod. What what other? Let's go around the table. But Fred, you you start. Um, if it's okay to ask, what what's, what sort of uh, land mass have you got planted down, and what sort of uh, productivity are you getting from it, please? Max, we've got about um, eight hectares in at this stage that's in production, and we are busy planting some um, new hectares to um, to new varieties, or actually doing trials um, on new varieties. Um, we've also started with some grafting. Um, of different varieties to see uh, what results we will get from that. But um, in our experience, uh, limited, um, we've only been busy with this for seven years. Um, I believe that you could get up to 20 tons per hectare uh, of production um, in South Africa. I think in more tropical areas um, uh, and in the East, they will do more than that, um, where they do have a little bit longer season. But um, we have come close to that. And obviously, that depends on variety as well. So I would my, my answer will be between 5 and 20 tons per hectare, depending okay. on variety, uh, fruit size, and obviously, the specific season as well. Okay. Um, but um, I would say for a commercial variety, um, for a variety to qualify commercially and for us to farm with it, it will have to, to do around... Um, 10 tons per hectare plus um, for, to make uh, financial sense for us. Okay. And, and Lauren, what about what's the, the fruit is uh, pit? What's the process it, it then goes through? Is it very similar to the, the, the likes of uh, citrus? Have, have you got to put um, in new uh, packaging regimes? Have you got to get a new, new packaging per, per se? Or can it fit into the process and systems you've already got? Um, so we, we, we've quite comfortably um, used the processes in our avocado pack house and we feel that there's actually a really nice opportunity there because dragon fruit comes into season pretty much as the avocado industry um, starts to close off for the season. So um, we, yeah, I mean, and Michal might actually be a good one to, to come in there because he's produced more on a commercial scale than we have, but um, it's, it's, I think one of the challenges with dragon fruit is that it has sort of staged flowering. So you get more than one harvest in the season. And so especially for those who are starting out quite small, your, your first harvest might be, you know, really not, not huge volumes at all. And then you've got to process that and then you flower and harvest and process again. So your, the logistics could be a little bit tricky, but it certainly um, is something that can be overcome. Um, the, the cold chain is important. Um, so that is definitely something that needs to be considered for those who are, are farming maybe at, at a distance away from facilities. The, the, that cold storage is important. Lauren, thank you. Mm -hmm. Hello, over, over to you. Lauren's passing the baton. Uh, you're, you're, you're even more of an expert than, that, than, than she is. Mandy, um, what makes it interesting, different from the other, other fruit, is that it has like scales, the scales on the fruit. So it can't be washed or polished like the normal one. Um, it, and if you have little, little insects having inhabited yeah. the, the scales of the fruit, suddenly you, you, you can't remove it mechanically. You have to move it manually, like a, with a little brush or something. Yeah. You know, get the little spider out there um, with its web. <clears throat> so that makes it a bit, as uh, Siti mentioned, labor intensive, uh, manual labor, persons. 
Yeah. Which is good. It, it employs the society. Yeah, excellent. But yeah. Um, but the packaging it's, it's it's exciting because different strokes for different oaks. We just had at the end of the at the end of the season there were some people that were they were promoting. I won't name names at this stage. That they're promoting a, a type of packaging coming from Limpopo. And then they, in certain communities in the cities, they would deliver a, a choice assorted packaging for our area is new. And this person was very excited about the dragon fruit because suddenly there's this like a flower blossom inside yeah. the package, you know, because of the pink and the, the, yeah. the variations of pink and, and greens. So lots of excitement about uh, different stuff of, 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 of uh, packaging. Excellent. Well, well done. And just a, another segue, a contact from California who's watching this live. He, he wants to buy your shirt for 50 US. Are you interested? <laughs> I don't know what we've started it's here. <laughs> just just keep, keep it on. Do not take it off during this broadcast. Leanne would be, and I would be in so much trouble. So much trouble. <laughs> we better move on. Um, and CT, uh, just, just on that production side, are, are you resonating? Are you seeing this, the same as Michal and, uh, and Lauren, that it, you, you can actually put it into your process and system? Um, as Lauren said, uh, on a similar basis to, to the avocados, does it work for you? Yeah, no, not really. Um, Max, uh, with our potato backhouse, of course, uh, no. it, 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 yeah, it won't work. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, luckily, it's not very high volumes, so it's it's really very easy to handle. Um, I think the main thing is you need to keep it cold. Um, so uh, just to, to, to keep the cold chain to make sure you have a, a good quality product at the consumer. So uh, I think that's the biggest challenge uh, for okay. since you have to, to harvest it during summer. Okay, um, so we've got a learning here for, 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 for growers um, from uh, South Africa that if you've got the likes of uh, avocado already on stream, you've got a, a symbiotic crop that, you, that, that will work well. Whilst if you're growing potatoes, are, are you a bit risk averse CT in putting down a large hectare because you're then going to have to invest in, in um, new, new um, uh, production uh, um, uh, equipment internally? So does that put you off a little bit? No, not really. I wouldn't say that. I just think it's it's um, it's you have to it's a, the the. I think it's going to have an incremental growth. Uh, the industry there's a there's a huge opportunity in dragon fruit, but we have to educate the consumers. We have to, uh, to we have to grow with the uh, the supply must grow with the demand. Uh, it wouldn't be of any value if we overstock the market early on. So I think that's our main concern regarding uh, the scale and the amount of hectares that we've planted is just because we would rather grow incrementally with the demand. Yeah, understood. And we just had a supplementary question in, um, uh, where can one buy the seedlings and how much? I, I, if that was okay to suggest, I'd, I suggest they contact um, uh, Fred direct so that the association can look to gather those um, th those questions to, to, together so that there'll be uh, efficiency there. And, and Fred, I think, were you waving at me earlier? Did you have a point to make? Yes, I just wanted to mention that uh, dragon fruit packhouse at the end of the day, I think will be a bit of a specialized packhouse. Um, as Sietia and Michal mentioned as well, um, cold chain is very important. But what we have been able to achieve and what we are very excited about is that we can actually harvest, pack um, and export within two days. And we have actually had instances where we have fruit on on a shelf in Europe um, within a couple of days. And mm -hmm. it's very fresh. 
And um, that's where I feel we're going to get um, the best results. At this stage, most of the dragon fruit um, imported and exported or uh, being freighted all over the world is by ship. And um, that gives a subpar product um, to the consumer at the end of the day because it takes three or four weeks uh, to get there. Uh, where we are actually looking at doing it um, all by air freight. Um, and uh, if you have your packhouse processes in place, we can do that all within a week and it can be sold to the end consumer. And then obviously they can get the, the taste of a fresh dragon fruit as it is um, with us here on the farm. And I think that's where the specialized packhouses um, will come in. It's a very difficult crop to uh, mechanize for. Uh, most of the harvesting will always be done by hand. Uh, yeah. Most of the packing will be done by hand because it's not round. It cannot flow through a normal packhouse. It cannot roll. Um, it must be handled, handled very delicately. Yeah. But I think um, but that processes will be sorted out. We are growing every year. And um, um, last year, we've done some proper volumes um, in our packhouse. Um, it does take, a, it is labor intensive, but if you do it right and um, you've got a good exporter and they know what they're doing, we can have fresh product overseas. And I think that's where the big catch is for um, anyone um, listening in or anyone interested in doing this or buying the product or looking at retailing this product is try and get the best quality fruit. It is a niche product is it it is an exotic fruit but it does have a um, limited lifespan or shelf life and it should be um, refrigerated as well um, so once you break that you're going to start losing quality and uh, that's something that uh, we on farm and um, as an association and growers in south africa really want to try and do this and try to get the best product out there possible well well said fred this, this is such an exciting uh, I, I feel like we've we've um, opened uh, the, the the lid on Pandora's box and found this amazing uh, new fresh, fresh produce that's uh, set to set to potentially dominate the world. Uh, Leanne, over to you, please. So on that, Max, I just wanted to to come back to to Jason because when we were talking about this before the broadcast, you know, besides the fruit, the actual plant and the flowers and what can be done with the plant itself is just absolutely amazing. Um, and particularly in a country like South Africa, where we are water short, um, you know, we, we have, um, you know, quite a lot of challenges about, um, you know, some of our smaller scale farmers moving into the business. You know, I just think that the, the options that this plant can create besides just the fruit is, is really incredible and very interesting. And Jason, maybe a little bit of time to explain, you know, when we went through it, you know, how it uses less water, you know, how you can eat part of the plant and, and use it for, you know, animal feeds and all sorts of things. I thought it was absolutely fascinating. So I do want to sort of loop it in a little bit. Oh, well, look, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm always a huge fan of any kind of permaculture whatsoever. So, um, you know, some of my projects for the university, uh, I can briefly mention the Future Africa Campus, <clears throat> which is an entirely edible uh, uh, garden. Um, using African crops. So, you know, I'm naturally attracted to this kind of thing, I think. And, and uh, what I love about dragon fruit is it's a cactus crop. Um, the, the, plant, the plant photosynthesizes differently. So it loses less water per unit photosynthesis than, than most crops do. 
Um, I'm not going to go into the detail. I went uh, with you and, and how that works. But generally, your cactus crops use about a tenth of the amount of water as most traditional fruit crops do. The root system is shallow and you can use drip irrigation on it, which is even more effective, uh, efficient in water use. Um, the entire plant is in theory edible, but you might not want to chew on some of the woodier bits. The, uh, the, uh, uh, the flower is considered a vegetable in the east. Um, I have fried up flower buds before just out of interest. Um, with a bit of ginger, a bit of soy sauce, very nice. Um, almost a, a mushroom meaty texture um, and taste. You have to, uh, uh, there's a trick to it, otherwise it's a bit slimy, but then so is okra. Um, and I hate okra, but dragon, dragon, fruit, dragon fruit flowers are nice. Um, the young cladodes, when they are very young, are also considered a, a vegetable. Um, they can be eaten. But um, one of my more interesting things that I've been working with is mature cladodes. So the plants grow incredibly quickly in season. And, and, and you can actually end up pruning quite a lot of biomass off your plants to maintain them. They make a great animal fodder. Um, I, we've had a look at, I did some nutritional tests of the cladodes. And they compare very well with prickly pear cladodes. And people have, have, have grown prickly pear cladodes um, to feed to cattle and so forth for generations. So it becomes a, a, a multi-output crop. Wow. And any multi-output crop is, is more cost-effective for the farmer, for everybody. It, it is the future. Um, so, so everyone, we're slightly uh, running out of time. Um, Leanne, have you got anything that you want to ask of the, of the panel? Um, no, I'm just... Uh, uh... I would just be interested in terms of the association. It's not just uh, members in South Africa. I think uh, there, there's members across the Southern Africa and some of the Sadak countries. How many different countries are represented in the association? At this stage, um, obviously, most of the growers are situated within South Africa. I would say um, roughly 90% will be South African farmers. Um, the furthest up, up north that I know of um, in Africa will be Zambia. Um, we've got one or, one or two growers up there. And then um, our neighboring countries, um, I think we, um, except for Mozambique, I think uh, most of them, uh, we've got one or two members from as well. And obviously not in Lesotho, which is a mountainous terrain where they can't farm um, dragon fruit. But um, there is potential for countries like Mozambique as well, um, which has got great climate for this, which uh, they are poor countries. Um, and there might be some potential for them to look at something like this. But um, for us, and I think all the farmers on this panel will agree, um, it's been a very expensive crop to get established. And um, uh, I don't think that um, it, at this stage, how, how the industry is set up and where we get our plant material from, um, that it's um, the cheapest um, crop to get established at this stage and get into production. Um, we are still um, figuring out some of the, or some of the challenges that we have is fertilization and crop protection in terms of pests and um, um, diseases and stuff like that. As soon as you start planting high densities, that becomes an issue. But um, if you plant one or two of them in your garden, that uh, will not be a problem. But as soon as you commercialize something, 
um, you gotta have, you gotta start looking at that, and that might be something um, worth mentioning um, if you're gonna uh, start looking at different, um, let's say, um, territories to start planting, because they might have some other problems. The further you go up north um, in Africa, I think the disease pressure will be a bit more, or the more tropical you get, uh, the disease pressure will probably be a bit more. Fred, well, well done. I can already sense that you're going to be the source of authority for the uh, um, for, as chair of the Southern African Dragon Fruit Association. So any, anyone who wants to make contact in country or Southern Africa with with, uh, with Fred, that's you're going to be on a on a good mission uh, doing that. So if everyone, just to wrap up, I'd love to get your views as to why a consumer, be they in South Africa, uh, be they in Africa, be they in the UK, be they in Europe, be they in Asia, be they in America. Why should the consumer uh, eat and enjoy dragon fruit? So let's go with CT. Come on, CT, you go first. Why should the consumer eat and enjoy dragon fruit, please? Max, I think, uh, well, it's it's a, it has tremendous health benefits. It's unbelievably tasty uh, and uh, it's easy to eat. And I think, uh, uh, it's well looking at, at dragon fruit it creates a lot of jobs it's it's there's uh, it uses very little water like jason mentioned so it's it's like this it's almost like you said it's like we've uh, just stumbled upon this excellent fruit by accident so uh, yeah i think uh, the, the biggest challenge is just the the varieties that do not taste well most people have experience of of bad tasting varieties and a lot of growers that actually have varieties that do not taste well, uh, think they have varieties that do taste well. So there is a bit of a challenge, but um, I think, uh, as I said, it looks good, it's easy to eat, it's tremendously uh, healthy, and uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, good to nature as well, not using a lot of water. Jason, why should the consumer eat and enjoy dragon fruit? Well, it's a great fruit. <laughs> What do you want me to say? They're great. They're fantastic. I mean, I, 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 um, I eat them all season long. Um, and of course, you know, since uh, since I, I I have the privilege of 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 advising a number of dragon fruit farmers, I get a lot of fruit for free. But they're tasty. There's a hundred different ways to use them. Um, there's really cool recipes on the internet for dragon fruit ice cream, dragon fruit bread. Oh, wow. You've never oh. seen a dra dragon fruit bread is like purple, man. You know, it's like Barney the dinosaur purple. It's bizarre. Um, you know, I, 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 I just, I just really enjoy having the fruit around. Um, and it's, it's something that I'd never eaten before five years ago. Now it's in the house all season long. Excellent. Jason, well, well done. Lauren, why should the consumer eat and enjoy dragon fruit? So firstly, like Sietia said, it's so important to make sure that you are eating tasty dragon fruit because then it is a real experience. It is from the moment you look at it, that beautiful shell, it's so exotic. It's, it almost feels like you're about to eat something dangerous, but it's not prickly. It doesn't hurt your hands, but it's really exciting. And then you cut it open and you can grab a spoon and literally just scoop it out. You, it's, it comes in a ready-made bowl or you can dice it and put it in a salad or make a smoothie. It's, it's endless. And then again, the health benefits it's just you feel refreshed after you've eaten dragon fruit you feel like a surge of of vitality rushing through your body it's just it's phenomenal Lauren well done. I, I feel that just listening to you okay good because <laughs> <laughs> I've got but, dragon fruit in my freezer <laughs> yeah. 
Mikko, <laughs> over to you. Why should the consumer eat and enjoy dragon fruit? Um, look, as, as Anastasia Friend said to me, um, she was out of, out of dragon fruit. I won't call her names. And then um, I helped her with some dragon fruit. And that evening she sent me a photo of a little, a little boy and girl having the dragon fruit. They said, you, you had made some very happy little friends today. So it just gives, gives an idea. Some, some kids love it. Um, and uh, obviously the hot word or the, the hot spots for now, you can say dragon fruit uh, versus COVID. <laughs> and the dragon's going to win jam every time. Back. Exactly. Jam packed with uh, antioxidants and that vitamins and stuff. <laughs> no, that's, that's fantastic. Well, Fred, you must be very proud to have, have growers like this associated um, with, with you. This, your, your association is just, it's just going to, oh, to take, take, I was going to say, um, catch a light. Well, it's a dragon. It's, it's got to be fire breathing and all the best possible fire you can get. So, so, so Fred, over to you. What would you like the association? What would your message be? The halcyon call from the association as to why consumers should be eating and consuming dragon fruit? I think it's an easy way to get your kids to eat healthy. <laughs> uh, um, it's very tasty, obviously. Um, it's something new in the market, and that's not al always um, the easiest thing to market. Um, if you are used um, to buying a certain basket at the grocery store, you're probably going to stick to that. But um, if you are adventurous um, in um, what you want to eat and you want to eat really healthy, and um, you want um, the best quality fruit, um, look into dragon fruit. Um, obviously, as mentioned a couple of times before, not all, all fruits are equal. Um, not all dragon fruits are equal. And um, look into what is on offer in your supermarket, what's on offer in your area. Ask your supermarket manager um, if they cannot get dragon fruit on the shelves as well, uh, if you want to try some. And um, yeah, even you guys overseas, I hope that um, one day you can get stocked on your shelves as well. And that it might be some proudly South African product. And um, hopefully when you do taste it, that you will be happy. But um, yeah, we are an enthusiastic bunch and we are really um, keen on getting this industry or uh, going within South Africa and play a part in the bigger market worldwide. Um, I think we can be a big role player and that we will be a big role player. And um, everyone that is um, that started with it, um, as far as I know, are looking to expand as well. And uh, we all are very excited where this thing is going. Thank you for the airtime and thank you for your broadcast. Brut broadcast. We will definitely be tuning in again um, on the next ones. And um, yeah, uh, as I said, uh, we are just very excited. And hopefully we can um, live up to the expectation and deliver what uh, the quality fruit you guys expect from us. Fred, well, well done. Leanne, wrap up for us, please. So, so Max, I, I think um, it's so great to see um, a new product coming out um, of Southern Africa. And if you look at the trend that's happening globally, if you look at your blueberries and your varieties and your varieties specific for avocado and how kiwi fruit and particularly gold kiwi fruit and now red kiwi fruit have taken off. If you look at global consumption habits, consumers are looking and, and they, they want more and more different types of fruits. Yeah. Um, and particularly I think dragon fruit also has a very high bricks. 
which is in line with you know the taste profiles and what we're seeing um, consumers are looking for these days. So I think the opportunity is there. Um, we've got the grower skill sets within South Africa. Um, as you know, we produce amazing um, uh, fresh produce um, out of South Africa. And I think with the association lined up, um, and I do want to put a shout out to some of our other PMA members around the world and also others on this broadcast, please contact us if you'd like to collaborate or, or share some know-how and information. I think, Fred, I can say that you know, you guys are open to that, um, to, to more collaboration, more to, to learn. And I think it's a great opportunity. And I also think on the back end, um, you know, in South Africa and Mozambique and some of our neighboring countries, there's some good opportunities for those countries to also have a good fruit, sustainable product coming out as well. So very exciting. Well done, everyone. Uh, South African dragon fruit rocks. Uh, I've been so excited. Uh, we've learned so, so much. We, we sort of stumbled across this, uh, this new super fruit. And as we know, some of the best growers in the world internationally are, are these people, are, are, the, are the South Africans. So let's uh, enjoy South African dragon fruit as it comes into the UK, European, Australasian and, uh, and, and the American markets. Everyone, well, well done. And just to wrap up, <laughs> um, I've, had, I've got an MD of a, of a very large fresh, fresh produce company in the UK who's really keen to collaborate with you on dragon fruit. And we'll, we'll sort that out with, uh, with, with Fred and Leanne. Um, but he's very interested in Mikhail's shirt and he's offering 500 US if, if, if you admit that the Lions are a better rugby team than the South Africans. No. <laughs> no. Was that was that a maybe? <laughs> so Mikael so, so, so gets to keep his shirt on for the, for the rest of the broadcast. Everyone, well, well done. That was brilliant. Really, really loved that. Really enjoyed that. Love South Africa. Uh, lo love your, your fresh produce. Keep safe and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.